Welcome to track number nine of Victory in Laodicea. Is that not so? What was the first key? It, no, not loyalty. You must have a desire for the anointing. Number two, you must follow the man of God closely. Number three, take the word of the anointed man seriously. Number four, what? Pay the price for the anointing. Number five, number five, you must be loyal. All right. Number six, you must be a servant. Number six, you must be a servant. Amen. Number six, you must be a servant. Now, there are many of us here who would serve a white man, but you would not serve your pastor. Careful. You would serve a white man. I notice sometimes you will see people are very subservient towards a white man because maybe we are used to serving him. Is that not so? But when it comes to spiritual service, to serve the Lord, amen. Are you listening to me? We find it difficult to serve. I want you to know that God anoints people who are servants. Amen. God does not anoint bosses. Because the anointing flows up downwards. The Bible says, let's turn to Psalm 133. Are you still there? Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that run down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Amen. Now, notice, are you there? First reason why you must be a servant. And let me tell you something. I'll, t- I'll tell you, can I tell you a secret? Yes, you see, many times there are people who say to me, you know, Pastor, Bishop, for you, I remember once we had a church somewhere, and people, somebody said to me, you know, you, we don't have a problem with you. You know, it's this guy, the pastor, here. He is he's some way. <laughs> you get it. And I have come to see through the years that anybody who has a problem with the pastor whom I have put there has a problem with me. And I thank God that I have not been fooled by that thing. 
Because you see, when you think that, like what Jesus said, he that receiveth you, receiveth me. I've come to see that it's so true. One time there was a problem, there was a pastor who was always having a problem with the person who was immediately over him. Always. Because one conflict after the other. And I was always watching. And I always said to myself, this guy, he has a problem. Because he's not flowing. And it was like with me, oh, there's no problem. Very nice, respectful, very flow. Then one day, it happened with me. And I said, ah, there it is. The same thing that you are having with this pastor all the time. Only that I have not brought myself for you to manifest your things on me. You see, that's why Jesus said, if anyone receives you, the person is receiving me. So if you don't receive that person, you are not receiving me. Amen. So if you are going to be a servant, oh yes, I'll be a servant of Jesus in heaven. God has his representatives here. If you serve God's man here, you are serving him. Pastor, are you sure about what you are saying? I'm very, very sure about what I'm saying. I'm the one you are dealing with. You may think you are criticizing man, but you find that you are criticizing God. Careful. You see, when you are doing something, thinking you are doing with somebody, and you find out that it's not the person. I had a friend once. She thought it was me. I think she came to a program. I'm not sure of the details, but she came to a program like maybe how you are sitting here. You get it? Like, Carrie, you get it? You are sitting here. Or let's say you are sitting here. And then maybe the person thought that it was me also sitting behind there. But I think she didn't check. You get what I'm saying? Now, the person was a friend of mine. So the person would like maybe take the pen and just hit that person's leg and maybe scratch the person's knee. The person thought it was me, but it wasn't me. So throughout the program, she was just doing that to the person. Then she turned on it wasn't the person. She wanted to disappear into the ground. Because the person you think you are doing it, that is not the person at all. It's somebody else. You want to disappear into the depths of the ground. Is that not true? Careful now. So you may think that you are, you are, you are criticizing the pastor, but you find that you're criticizing Jesus. You may think you are attacking particularly, but attacking me directly. Because that's the order by which the thing goes. Careful. Whoever, if, if somebody is put there, if somebody is in bloom for it, and we put the person, you don't want to agree with the person that you always fight. In. When you the fight, the person you are fighting with, it means you are fighting with that person. It means you are fighting with Pastor Cliff, and then it means you are fighting with me. It means you are fighting with the Lord. He that receives you, receive me. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. He that receiveth you, receiveth me. If you receive him, you receive me. If you reject him, you reject me. <laughs> one day, one day, Samuel, Pastor Samuel, it was so sad. Because all the people came and said, we don't want your children to be uh, pastors anymore. We don't want your children in the church. We want a king. We don't, we're tired of all these things. Samuel was so sad. He came for prayer meeting. He cried. Listen to his prayer. He said, oh Lord, the people have rejected me. They don't want me. God said, shh. Go read your Bible. Say, they have not rejected you. God said, they've rejected me. It was a chain reaction. The people thought they were rejecting Samuel's children. Then in the end, they found out they were, someone was the one who was feeling that they were actually rejecting someone. Someone who was crying, thinking it was him. And God said, no, no, it's not you, it's me. The thing will go all the way to the top. Write it down, it will go all the way to the top. So if you serve the pastor who is in front of you, it will go all the way to the top. You find that you are actually serving Jesus. Careful. 
Amen. You find out that you are actually. So somebody said, Oh, I can serve Jesus because he's in heaven. But I want to tell you that if you cannot serve me. Now let me tell you something. Even in organizing a camp like this. You see, many more people must be involved. And I'm sure that in your chair there are one or two people who do most of the work. But people must get involved. Must be involved. Okay, I'm taking this up. I'm taking this up. But you see, because maybe sometimes your pastor may not even call you and say, you do this, or you do this, or do that. I wouldn't either. There are a whole lot of things I don't ask for. Oh, yes. There are a whole lot of things that I don't ask for. If you don't do it, I'm, I'm, most likely I wouldn't, I wouldn't even ask. Oh, yeah. One day I went out somewhere very late and I were preaching also when I came came home. I was staying with somebody when I came home. And the person asked me, it was around me, would you like to eat? <laughs> and she said, you know, I can just defrost some, uh, uh, free, uh, what do you call it? I think I have some, uh, something there, I'll defrost it and then I'll do some rice. And said, so sh- sh- should, I, should I do it? It was around, around, you know, midnight. I said, no, 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 at all. I said, I'm okay. Should you go and defrost a, a, a fish? As a Christian, what should I say? I'll say no. As a Christian, how can I make you go and defrost fish and then boil rice and do this? I'll, I'll say, I can't, I'm a Christian. I can't. I, <laughs> I said, no, 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 it's okay. A Christian doesn't make people do hard things. <laughs> After mid 12.30, I should ask. I'm not eating. I'm a pastor. My work is from morning when I start in the Sunday, I go and I come home and I ask me whether you should defrost fish. Please don't defrost it. Don't, don't boil it. Don't boil the rice. Don't do anything. <laughs> Careful. Yeah. I would not ask you to be a servant if you don't think that you ought to do it. I cannot demand it. There is a difference between something that has been taken and something that has been given. There's a difference between something that has been asked for and something that has been given. If I come to you and I say, Caroline, give me 1,000 rands. It's a very different thing from if you get up and say, Bishop, here's 1,000 rands. They are two different events altogether. It's like heaven and hell, or night and day, or sun and moon. They are different things. <laughs> All of these things are 1,000 rands, but they are very different events. If I, in the end, I will end up having 1,000 rands. But if I ask you, give me 1,000 rands, or if you give me 1,000 rands, they are very different things. Totally different. And so if you ask me in the middle of the night, should you, should I go and defrost rice? I'll say, no, don't defrost rice. It's 12.30 in the night. How can you defrost rice at 12.30 in the night? I'll drink tap water and sleep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm saying that a, a pastor may not call you and say, please, can you do this? Please, can you come here? Please, can you do this? But you have to see that I've got to help. I've got to serve. It is servants who become anointed. Joshua had a title. He was called Joshua, the servant of Moses. Have you ever wondered why Aaron never took over from Moses? Aaron was not Aaron, the servant of Moses. He was a big man next to Moses, right hand side. The servants who get anointed. Have you ever wondered why Elisha was the one who became anointed? Because the Bible calls him Elisha, the one who poured water on the hands of Elisha, Elijah. That was his title. Have you ever wondered why Peter, James, and John were the ones who became anointed? Because they were the scavengers after the lunch with the thousand, five thousand people. Go and pick the bread. Go and bring the bread. They were the messengers. Go and buy bread. Go and buy meat. 
they were the ones go and hire but go and bring donkey go, go and come i'm sitting here i'm talking to someone go and buy uh, bread and come go and buy bread i said go to mr price or whatever the place is nando's and buy bread and come <laughs> Jesus sat there and sent the people. Should I? Should I? Uh, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Do you need help? I don't need help. Thank you. You can see that help is needed. When somebody is coming, he's carrying so many things and he's struggling. Is there anything I can do? No, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You be where you are, also be where I am. And I'm a Christian, I cannot worry you. It is servants who become anointed. Anybody who is afraid of menial jobs is afraid of anointing. I say, if you are afraid of menial jobs, you are afraid of anointing. I'm tired. Yeah. The ministry is no joke. The ministry is no joke. If you follow around somebody who is ministering, you, you will find out that. Ah. <laughs> I never knew. I never knew it was like this. Ah. You will never know till you do it. You will never know. One day I was in England or somewhere and I was with somebody and the person was saying, <laughs> I didn't know it was like this. He said, sometimes when we see you, you've traveled and you come and you go, you feel that, you know, it's like you're really enjoying, having a good time. Careful. So, people, if you want to start by serving your pastor here, take over. When you see he's struggling, say, take over. Say, look, I'll be here. You do this. I'm taking all this. Forget about this. I'm doing it. Camp, a camp is being me in a crowd. I don't do anything. I don't do anything. I have a convention. I just come. Let's come to the program. People are working. I said, people are working. Yeah. I just arrive. I go to the airport. I go and I return. I don't think about anything. People are doing things. Because if we're having a program, we go. And by the way, people are moving around. People are moving and thinking. Cars are moving. Phone calls are being made. People are organizing. Bags are being carried. <laughs> what do you think you are, Mr. Big Stuff? No, I don't think I'm, I'm not Mr. Big Stuff. I'm not Mr. Big Stuff. And I don't think I'm anything. I'm a servant of the Lord. And if you want to be a servant and you want to catch anointing, learn it. You know, I was in Durban and there was this young man who's been walking around helping us. And I was shaking hands of so many people. I wanted to wash my hands. I said, Can, is it possible? Get me some soap and some water. I want to wash my hands outside the tent. So I was just washing my hands outside the tent. You know, and as he was pouring the water, I remembered Elijah. And I said, this is the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. As he was pouring water on my hands, I remembered. Wonderful. I said, hey, brother, who knows? Maybe something is coming on you. <laughs> Careful. Don't be afraid of me. Menial jobs are nothing. Arrange a chair to do this, to do this. What is what is it? Don't feel too big. One day I called somebody, you know, I said, Come! They, he rather he realized the people around there, he just stretching out like that. <laughs> and I realized he was so conscious of everybody around. He didn't want to be seen uh, 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 running. So he, he started and he just <laughs> stretching out. <laughs> he didn't want me. <laughs> no, he just slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> he became diplomatic when he realized that people. Why? Who, 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 who are you? What image are you trying to keep? Yeah. Brother, remove all your airs. 
leave them outside. Proud people. I, I love something that I saw in this book, in Rick Joyner's book. You know what happened? He was holding a cloak of humility like this. Please, Dr. Mills, can you come here? Let, let me help you. Please come with your cloak. Now, let's say this is the vision here. These people are all angels and spirits. These are real people here, and these are spirits. <laughs> now, what happened was, in the vision, he had a cloak of humility around him. And he was talking to, I think, Paul. Let's say that that's Paul sitting right here. So he was talking to Paul. And as he was talking to Paul as well, then he looked at his cloak, and he felt it looked a bit old, but it was a cloak of humility. So he took off the cloak. He took the cloak. As soon as, when he took off the cloak, everybody here faded away. And he couldn't see them anymore. When he took off the humility. And Paul, he couldn't hear the voice and everything, just faded away. And then he took the cloak and put it back on. Humility. And suddenly he could see what he couldn't see when the humility cloak was off. It's like with humility, you see so much more. It's see clearer. God speaks to you. But when it's off and it's pride, you can't see the things. That you can't, as I preach, you don't even hear. You don't even see because you are a big man. Careful. The cloak of humility. In fact, even it, it, it's an amazing thing and it is true that when you are, when you are very big, you, you can't even hear from God. You can't reach you. That's why the Bible says, for you see your calling. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.26. How not many noble, not many rich, not many mighty after the flesh are called. Not many. It's not common to find many big people. Because not many of great so-called secular people can be humble to receive and to hear. So keep the cloak of humility. And that cloak of humility will let you bend over backwards. To work, to be tired, to do something extra. To be tired for once. To sleep late and wake up early. For God, it's nothing bad. It's servants who become anointed. If you're ready to serve a white man, why wouldn't you be ready to serve the Lord? Why don't you offer yourself and do something? If there's food to be made, help in making the food. If there's something to be done, do it. Keep the cloak of humility on. And you will see all this. You just appear. Huh. <laughs> I'm going to show you four menial jobs that the disciples did. Number one, ushering. Ushering. John chapter 6 verse 10. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Is that not what ashes do? <laughs> they make the men sit down. <laughs> and these were apostles. So future apostles were doing these jobs. Amen. Number two. They were waiters. Waiters. John chapter 6 verse 11. And the disciples distributed food to them that were set down. Is it not a waiter's job? So ashes, waiters, distributing food to them. John 6, 11. Matthew chapter 21, errand boys. They were errand boys. Then sent Jesus two disciples. He sent two 
of his voice. Go and do whatever. The last one, scavengers. Do you know what a scavenger is? Scavenger is somebody who picks up pieces from the floor, all the rubbish, and so they were scavengers. Notice this verse. John chapter 6 verse 12. Gather up the fragments that remain. Is it not the scavenging? Fragments. Pieces. Amen. Have you got it? Ashes, John 6, 11. Waiters. Sorry, Ashes, John 6, 10. Waiters, John 6, 11. Aaron boys, Matthew 21, 1. And scavengers, John 6, 12. Huh? John 4 also they were sent. Look at um, Joshua chapter 1. How many are ready to be servants? Only four. Oh, okay, move. Are you there? Joshua 1 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses is what? Minister. What does yours say, Gabriel? Read it, read on, read on. Moses ate, okay. Francis says minister, assistant. Okay. Huh? Now you say seven. Yeah. Amen. So Moses was working with Joshua. Then Second Kings chapter three, quickly. I just want to show you those scriptures and then we move on. Verse 11. Yeah. Second Kings 3, 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord of him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Finish it for me. Who poured water on the hands of Elijah. That is what he was known for. Pouring water on the hands of Elijah. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to, I've given you six steps to the anointing. Is that not so? Remind me to give you the last step before we close. I want us to move on to something that I feel God really wants us to talk about, and that is sacrifice. Amen. I'm going to teach you 20 things you should know about sacrifice. Number one. Sacrifice is a central theme of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Sacrifice is a central theme of the word of God. Amen. In other words, in other words, throughout the Bible, you see sacrifices being made. 
Is that not so? Abraham sacrificed, Jacob sacrificed, this man sacrificed, this one sacrificed. Pardon? Cain and Abel started it all. Sacrifice. Come on, is that not so? Sacrifice. Is that not so? So, to make sacrifices for the Lord is a, 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 is a major central theme of the Bible. We can't serve God without making sacrifices. It's not, it's not something that's apart from the word of God. It's not a special thing for special people. It's something that is there for all who are Christians, who serve Jehovah. Are you a servant of the Lord? And therefore you're going to have to make sacrifices for the Lord and in the name of the Lord. Amen. And you're going to have to make sacrifices to God because it is it's not a minor doctrine. It's not a side issue. It's a central theme Amen. of the word of God. To sacrifice to our Lord. Abraham made sacrifices. Amen. Amen. Jacob made sacrifices. Isaac would build altars. Uh, Abel and Cain would make sacrifices. So God is going to call on you and I to make sacrifice. The Bible says, let us offer unto him the sacrifice of praise. Is that not so? Which is the, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. So we are still going to make sacrifices in this day and age. Adele, without those sacrifices, it's not Christianity. It's something else. I said something else. The, the disciples, they died for what they believed. How many have been beaten by a lion before? You, you, you have not been bitten by a lion. You have not been bitten by a lion. Look, they were fed to lions. They were fed to lions. Caroline, if you were asked to be fed to lions now, I don't think you'd be happy about it. You'll not be happy about it at all. But in those days, to be called a servant, and somebody was speaking about First Timothy three once, and he was saying that you see, in those days, it was such a terrible thing to be a Christian or a leader. That is why he said, if anyone desires the office of a bishop, he is desiring a good thing. That is like it's a good thing because to desire to be up there where you can easily be fed to lions, man. And many people today are doing the work of God because they think they will get money. Oh, okay, I will travel to this. I will fly. I will do this. I will do that. That's a deception. The work of God involves sacrifice. I've been bitten by a lion before. Oh, yeah, I survived. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been in there. I've been in there with lions where they wanted to they wanted to chew. And you see, if I show you the scar on my leg of a lion that tried to bite me, but I was just delivered by the hand of the Lord. <laughs> no, I don't know why you are laughing. I'm telling you a real thing. After Jessica, I'll show you the, the mark here. When I, when I felt the, 
the teeth of the lion on my leg like that. I said, me? Me? It's not possible. Now, I cannot imagine. Now, that, that, was, that was not a, a grown lion, but it was almost, it was just about a month or two away from where you could not be with them anymore. You, you, you couldn't go near them. And so just one month, two months more, they wanted to eat us. Just a few more days and you can't, human being cannot be there. So when the thing held me like that, I said, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Now, I cannot imagine a, 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 you know, when, if you ever watch a lion attacking the buffaloes, and so when they, when they jump on them and they land on them, it's just the big mouth with the teeth that, that is just, you, you, you have to pray about it that you not ever, <laughs> not ever be in such a situation. Because when they gri- grip you here and they bite, oh, you, you wouldn't be happy. You wouldn't be happy at all. <laughs> you have to pray about it. <laughs> and that is what people went through to be Christians. Now let's ask you some um I don't want to I don't want to migrate from Pretoria. I want to I want to be a Christian in Pretoria. I don't want to go to uh, uh, uh Deban. Just to go from Pretoria to Deban. <laughs> Lord, I don't think so. People were being eaten by lions for their faith. And you, to move with all your nice comforts of your kettle and your fridge and your carpet and your nice chairs and everything, move all to that place. You don't want to do that for God. But you want to lift up your hand and say, Lord, I love you. I love your name. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone, liar. It's not true. You will not live for him alone. (laughs) <laughs> Careful. <laughs> you wouldn't want to move. You wouldn't want to do anything when it comes to playing tight. And the Lord knows that I have a lot of problems. No, it's unfortunate. You see, the church is a phantom of what it used to be. A phantom. Today, The church measures its success by the riches of the church and the riches of the members and the levels of comfort. But thou hast gold and hast need of nothing. And there's no pain and no sacrifice and nothing is given up. I say, my brother, when I felt this thing, I felt to myself, I'll never forget the feeling of that. After church, I'll show you. I'll show you my leg. What is all here like that? I said I'll never forget the, the feeling of it because that if, if the lion's head was bigger, you see my 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 leg would go like it would just it was gone, the whole leg would be off, and if it was to get me here, I have to pray about it. <laughs> but offering, I Lord I have. Um, 20,000 rand, and they are asking for everybody to give 1,000. But I wanted to have 30,000 rand. So, Lord, I don't want to give my 1,000 rand now. I want to wait uh, some time to give my... Oh, 
Oh, it's wonderful. You don't want 20 to reduce to 19 because you are planning to get to 30. And so you can't help with the work of God. But you say, I'm a Christian. In those days, it would not be reducing from 20,000 to 19 or 100,000 to 80,000. But it would be lions are biting you. Real big time lions. I say, the church has become a phantom, a ghost of what it used to be. If we will rise up with the message of sacrifice and go forward and take up our cross and follow him. After I'm going to sing a song with Pastor Fu for you. Take up your cross and follow him. The church will change. I say the church will change. It's a central thing. Look, this, I'm not talking about, look, this particular message is a special message. It's a central message of the church. I don't even have to read the scripture. You can see when you start from Achan and Abel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all of them, David, all of them, sacrifice. David, David, when he was coming, when he was, when he was bringing the ark of the temple in, bringing the glory, every six steps they sacrifice. Six steps they sacrifice. Six steps. You say you want anointing? To bring the glory from that place to the next place, every six step was a big sacrifice. We'll come to that. 20 things that every Christian should know about sacrifice. Number one, it's a central theme of the word of God. Write it down below it. They were eaten by lions. I can do my part. They were eaten by lions. I can do my part. Amen. Can you do your part? Are you blessed so far? The next thing that you must know about sacrifice is that sacrifice is you must sacrifice to become fruitful. You must sacrifice to become fruitful. You know, I can preach this particular message for four days. We will never finish. I had a camp recently in Maryland. I just preached sacrifice from day one to four. It was like a camp meeting. I, would, I wouldn't get tired. And you could get finished. It's wonderful. You must sacrifice. Is it Tama? Taban. To be fruitful. Nunu. To be fruitful. Joey. To be fruitful. Amen. Peter. To be fruitful. What's your name? Kelly. To be fruitful. To be fruitful. Now write this down. Sacrifice is the missing ingredient in good, willing, educated, informed Christians who are living under capacity. I'll say it again. Sacrifice is the missing ingredient in good, willing, warm, educated informed taught Christians who are are you with me? who are living and bearing fruit under capacity
Amen. Turn to John chapter 12. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath, every breath, every moment I'm away. Hey, the song is big old. This song can be re-sung. Rents, I give you my heart. I gave you my soul. I live for runs every moment I'm awake for the runs. I sang this song for the church in America. I said, Dollar, I give you my heart. Dollar, I give you my soul. I live for you. That's how some Christians should sing it. I live for you. I give you my heart. I give you my Every breath that I take and every moment I'm awake. Dollar, have your way. <laughs> Careful. Dollar, have your way. Rands, have your way. Is that how I say rands? Rands. Rands. John chapter 12. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. Verse 27. Or oh, let's read verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Verse 27. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Amen. Brother, listen carefully. This is this is very important. Shake the person next to you. Say, brother, this part is for you. Amen. Notice. 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 Except the seed fall into the ground, it just stays as a seed. You see, you, 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 especially you, are seeds. What is seed? Seed is something that has been developed and nurtured and has come out and within that seed is now the potential for every great thing. Now, before that, and what what is happening now, as I keep preaching to you and I'm teaching you at this camp, I mean, we started last night and we are here again. It's now evening. As I keep teaching you and feeding you, this is the... The, the nutrients and the ingredients are coming from the roots of the tree and they are coming up into the leaves and into the tree and the seeds are being formed. The potential is being formed and wrapped nicely in a nice packet 
called Lulu, called Joey, called Tamang, called Swindy, Swingly, huh? Swingine, Simbongile, and Simbongile, Simbongile. What is Sibo? Cape Town. Nicely packaged. That's of course the seed. The nutrients, the water, and the fertilizers, and all these things have been put into nicely packaged. It's called Oku. What we need now is to plant the seed. That's the message I, I preach. Where do we go from here? Anywhere. You see, that's the answer. Anywhere. To the uttermost, anywhere. At the time we, may, we come when we're having camp meeting in South Africa, we have to have southern and then northern people. Yeah. So, many, so many. But before the seed will bear fruit, it has to die. Father, what shall I say? That my soul is troubled. Father, save me from this hour. But for this hour I came, I for For this cause. This is why I came. You see, let me tell you something. Everybody who has received the word up till now, you come to a barrier across that. The next thing is to die. Otherwise, your fruit will be at a certain level. But for it to get to a certain level, there has to be some dying. Many of my pastors who are lay pastors have reached that place. And so God will prepare you and prepare you and prepare that He will bring you for a pain. He will call on your money. He will call your time. And He will call you to give up things in your life and your life itself. If it is not, then the Bible is not true. Then the Bible is not true. I'm t- there is nobody. Look, anybody, you see me standing here, what I've been through before I'm standing here, and the risk and the step that I've taken. You see the church working now, so it looks as though the church is working. You were not there. You were not there. Even to have a church like this was a good thing. But the step that I took to be here today, people look and join the church. Oh, Bishop, you know, I know him. I used to know him. He was with him. He used to know me. Now that he used to know me. But then, at that point, I gave up my life and everything that I was there and sacrificed. Look, you should have seen my mother-in-law. She was very worried for her daughter. You would have been worried for your daughter. Because you see your daughter is going with this crazy guy. Instead of him doing something sensible, he thinks he's a pastor of some few nerdy young, young boys and girls. And he's giving up his medical stuff, everything to stay with those few people in a hospital canteen. But a time will come for that. And except it happens, you will find a fruit to be God will call you. God does not call everybody to do that all the time. But he will call you to pay for the Some of you, that's why I say, if we trouble, we have problem with tithing. You get it? We've got a basic problem, first of all. It's a starting problem. That is not there. And no, God is the one who sees all these things. There are some people who come to the church and say, Oh, Pastor, take this money for this. Oh, Pastor, take this money for that. Or use this money. But you see, if you are not paying tithe, 
you are just trying to throw dust into the pastor's eyes. Well, one day somebody can give me some shirt. I said, look, this man does not pay tithe. He's giving me shirt. What am I going to do with the shirt? Who do you think you are foolish? Oh, give the, the pastor shirt. I don't even need your shirt. I don't need your shirt. If you are really going to be serving the Lord, just pay your tithe normally. Even my own sister, when I started in the business, my sisters who were supporting me, there was no, there was few nurses and so there was nobody, there, there was no way the church could, it was my big sister, I told, I talked to her, I said, you have to give me money every month to be, so that I can be a pastor. Every month she sent me money. I've changed it. As time came, I, I said, the church has grown the funds. You just pay your tithe normally like everybody else. God bless you. You've done your part. You've done, you have made a bridge for me to cross. God will always remember this bridge that you made for me to walk on. Perhaps if you had not made it, I would not be where I am today. Yeah. I said, you just pay your tithe normally like everybody else. Amen. If I wanted, I would have said, this is my own sister. Same father, same mother. But as time comes when God, because that's why we, when we got a problem, like, I don't have time for that. I can't come. I can't do this. I said, hey, okay, you got a problem. You will do nothing for God with that kind of attitude. Look, it costs something. So I said, I, I would like to be, I want to be with my children. How to be, you want to be with your children. Everybody wants to be with his children. But if you don't pay the price also, you may think you are being with your children. One day you'll be surprised that your children are not what you thought. You were bringing them up to be. But even as you sacrifice the Lord, the Lord himself would look at them and say, let me help you. Because you see, sometimes you look at how does this one turn out well, this one doesn't turn out. It's also the grace of God. You can do, can't you see, there are a lot of homes, they try to do this, don't allow them to do this, don't allow them to do it. In the end, they are some monsters. It is God at the end of the day who will also make your children turn out to, 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 to be a proper person. Thank God you are sitting in the church today. Perhaps your parents even didn't contribute to you coming to sit in the church here today. They didn't even tell you to. But God, by His grace, just rescued you and brought you in. So also He will He will rescue your children and bring them into the house of the Lord. Amen. And people have all sorts of reasons. My school, my school. I came here to study. I don't want uh, uh, to have any problem. Yes, we all don't want to have any problems. But the sacrifice that you have to make, you may have to make sacrifice about, about, about your leisure time and your resting time and your chatting time and your sleeping time. I've been in school. I've gone to school longer than most of you here. Oh, yeah. I've been to school for many, many years. And throughout my school, the time, I never, I never failed any exam. I did well all the time. I was one of the best students all the time. But when I go for my all night and I come, huh, I sleep more than you see me learning. One time during my third day, I didn't sleep for six weeks in the night. For six weeks to that, I didn't sleep in the night. I was preaching, doing my normal work. Then I come, I slept in the afternoon from two to six. Then I wake up. That is it. I don't sleep again till the morning. And I'll be learning. I was working, learning my worms, parasites, whatnot, parasitology, pathology, whatever. Walking up and down the corridor, studying, memorizing. It was my sleep I was sacrificing, not my God. My God was there. I never put God aside. God is not something you can put aside. God is not a spectre. God is not something you can just pick in time of emergency. That is what we call presumption. Presumption in the dictionary is an assumption, an arrogant assumption of privilege. Where you arrogantly assume and presume that God will be there. That he's a spectre in the time of trouble. 
call on him. Other than that, put him in the booth. Don't assume. I sacrificed, but not God. My sleep. My tiredness. I was tired. But I was serving the Lord. I started a church as a medical student. Medical student. Medical student. I studied throughout all night. You can ask my wife. You can ask Adele. They were roommates in school. And I was studying day, night, night. I, I would be working sometimes. I'd be tired. I'd play music. I'd be sitting, workman, talk, learning, reading, studying, memorizing. When even I go out for meetings, I have questions and some small uh, things that I have to in my pocket. When I'm going and people are quiet, then I'll take it out and I'll be reading. And I'll study. I'll put it back. As I'm moving. You see me moving around, but I don't know that. Pathways and biochemistry, various things are passing through my mind. A time came, they, they, they began to call me magician in the school. Because you see, God also gave me wisdom. Because I was so, God gave me wisdom on how to pass the exam. If I have a big book like this, join this book and this book. If I have a big book like this, God gave me wisdom on how to pass. If I have a big book like that, maybe pathology or biochemistry, God gave me wisdom. I'm sure you show me I don't have to read all. I never read. I never read all my, all my books. Oh, no. No. <laughs> How to pass an exam? Somebody once told me, sir, the point is to pass the exam, yeah. not to have the knowledge. After you pass, you can have the knowledge. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you have the knowledge and you can't pass, you stay you stay at where you are. But I had the knowledge as well, because if you can pass the exam, you have the knowledge, especially medical exams, because medical exams you go for orals, you sit there. Eight professors are there. They are talking to you. You have to have a clinical. You have a patient there. For 30 minutes, you are discussing the patient, analyzing, showing them symptoms and signs on the patient. Short case, long case. It's not a small thing. If you don't know, you can't pass. God gave me several key wisdom things. How to pass the exam. When God showed me, always do the exam question before you read the book. So, you can call it magic. I just think of questions and then I look at the question. I never read just a book like that. I look at the question, then I look at for the answer in the book. And I read it. So I read from question and I come to the book. Question and I come to the book. By the time if you see my textbook underlined in so many places, you would think that in fact this guy is a very wild reader. He has read so much and he has underlined so many places. And that is the reality because I was guided and I always remember because I remember it was a question. Even when I remember Beckman, so I was using wisdom to answer questions. I mean to, to, to pass. I always pass well. Top, 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 always. One thing the Lord also told me, that showed me, not the Lord, but it was a wisdom that the Lord gave me. When they are doing clinical lesson and going on one, I told me, stand in front always. So when they're going around the professor and let's say about eight medical students and they are going around. I'll just be by myself uh, when we get there. Because you see, it's those who don't know who are at the back. I mean, I didn't know, but I was just standing in the front. <laughs> but when he sees me there, he, he knows that I know. Uh, who is behind the, uh, you? Come. What is this? And I, I'm just saying, Lord, thank you for delivering me. Save my soul. <laughs> I remember one time. And, and the Lord always said, let the people know you. Let them know your name. 
because they don't even they can't easily fail you when they know your name. Yeah. When they just know and you as a number or something, they, they, they can. But when they know you say, I'm failing this, I'm making this particular guy repeat. Say, oh no, but he's a good student. We've known him all around. He's always there and so on. Enthusiastic, he's right there in the front. <laughs> So I sacrifice, but not Jesus. Something else. Time. Ple- pleasure. Pleasure. How do you say pleasure? But not Jesus. You say you are a student. I've been a student more than you. I've been there. I've been in there. Are you there? Are you listening to me? Amen. Sacrifice. God will call on you. And you see, at every stage of life, there's something to sacrifice. My wife has something to sacrifice. Pastor Clifford's wife has something to sacrifice. Pastor Clifford will also have something that he has to sacrifice. Caroline will have something to sacrifice. Dr. Mills will have his own thing that he has to sacrifice. He will have, Franz will have his own thing. Zanon will have something. Everybody has something that he will have to sacrifice. I have something I have to sacrifice. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And if you don't sacrifice, your fruit will be at the second. In my house now, for instance, I have to just disconnect my phones. I can't stay in my house with the phones. I just have to turn on the phone because everywhere is ringing. Everywhere is ringing all the time. And the Lord says, if you want to pray, you have to turn off the phone. Otherwise, you can't pray again. It's not possible to pray. I have to, there are certain steps I have to take. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Some of you are going to have to cut off the I won't watch television again. That's all. I won't watch I watch television only on Saturday. Or I watch television only at the news. Apart from the news, I don't watch any anything. So yeah. I don't watch films. Some of you say, I'm going to the movies. You go to the movies. I don't remember the last time I had such time for such a thing. I'm going to the movies. You know the latest films. <laughs> huh? Pearl Harbor. Sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. But don't sacrifice God. I've got a new beloved, and I don't have so much time for evening service. Foolish. Foolish. I didn't mention your name, so don't get angry. I remember one lady, she got married. She didn't want to come to church. You know, it was all night. She said, my husband and I, you know, we are doing whatever. She set her table, fork, her knife, everything nice. And then it was time for all night. She asked her husband, you have just got married. She asked her, I'm not going. Will you go? I am not going. Will you go? Because now you are married. And you have a husband to lie by you to make you warm. I am not going. Will you go? Your face. And he didn't go. Then marital problems started. Ah, she was at the all night straight away. <laughs> Jesus' name, pray. Careful. <laughs> so if you are going to sacrifice, look at other things you can sacrifice. Look around carefully. I said, look around carefully and see so many things that can be sacrificed, but don't make it God. Amen? Because you always do what you want to do. You see somebody who says, she doesn't have time for meetings. 
Then she gets a beloved. She has time for him every evening. Every day. They have time to go here, to do this, to do that. Hey! Where did the time come from suddenly? <laughs> where did it come from suddenly? I was looking at one sister in the church. She didn't have time for my Then I saw her. She was going to do master's, MBA. Master's program. She's a wife. She has a job. She's doing master's program. And she was she's married. She became pregnant while she was doing the master's program. She's moving around. She's going to be pregnant. I was talking with her husband. And she told me, no, oh, she's a wife. I said that she would just go, she would deliver, she would come home, and she would go and do her exam. Even if she delivers that day, she would go and do the exam on that day. Oh, yeah, and she did it. She was there and I said, hey, Charlie, stop deliver. I'm going, I'll be back. You go, just deliver, then return. Okay, let's do the exam. She did it because she wanted to do it. Let me organize a church program and say, there's a church program that you come, it's around the time that you deliver. You will hear what I, you, you will hear the thing that will be told me. You're not reasonable. You're not, can you not see that the person is pregnant? He's coming to deliver this and that and that. You see, to do the work of God. But here, the woman is saying, it's like she's going to put a book somewhere and come. I'm going to deliver and come right now to write the exam. Go, ah, 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 okay. I'll be back. And then she's going, have the baby, and they come back. <laughs> Man. <laughs> <laughs> I said, really? Oh, she said, yeah. She said, she's deli- she delivered the money. She'll just do the exam right now and come back to the hospital. That's all. No problem. Steady, ready, steady, go. She's ready for it. Because she wants to do it. People do what they want to do. So it's not possible. So the second thing is that you are not going to bear fruit until you begin to sacrifice to the Lord. Amen. Okay, number three. Now, the next one. Sacrifices are redirected to other things by the Antichrist spirits or by the enemies of God. Amen. And then the next one is that sacrifice Sacrifice is prevented by an antichrist spirit. Sacrifice is prevented by an antichrist spirit. Amen. If you are against Christ, you always are against people making sacrifices. You are against God. Daniel chapter 8. Can somebody turn there? Somebody should check. Okay. Okay, Daniel 8.11. Kumo, Daniel 11.31. France, 2 Corinthians chapter 33, verse 21. And Dr. Mills, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20, please. Alright, whoever finds 8.11, Daniel 8.11, all these four scriptures are related to these two points. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let the people get ready. Are you ready? You, 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 you can just listen. Or you can, okay, okay. Open the Daniel 8, 11 if you want. It's up to you. I don't know if you are ready. Ask them. Okay. 
Read it again. Listen. Are you there? The little horn was the Antichrist. Okay? And look at what the Antichrist does. It stopped, it did two things. It stopped the daily sacrifice. In fact, one of the key things that Satan will do, are you with me? Are you with me? Is to stop sacrifices being made to God. To stop it. To prevent it. To be against it. I don't want sacrifice to be made to God. I don't know that he should not sacrifice, but people sacrifice him. It's what Satan does not want. An antichrist spirit. Careful. Read the next one. The next person should read Daniel chapter 11, 31. Abomination. Desolate. Re- read it again, read it again, read it again. Who shall stand? Okay. They shall pollute the sanctuary, okay. Okay. That maketh desolate. Alright, now, notice. This scripture is telling us about, yeah, you can sit down. It's telling us about how, are you there? Satan will prevent the sacrifice and place an abomination on the, in place of what the people were sacrificing. Now, in, in history, one of the Roman generals, when he overtook Jerusalem, he put a pig, he brought a pig into the temple and put it there for the people to sacrifice to the pig. In history, it's happened. And that is what is going to happen. Not only will Satan stop the sacrifice, but he will now try to redirect the sacrifice to something else. Careful. Next one. Who is the next person reading? Their yeah, friends. Oh, my brother. Then sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Second Chronicles chapter 33. Yes. There's one Second Chronicles chapter 33 verse 21. All right. And somebody's reading First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 20. Who is that? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, yes. You can read yours. The things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. Thank you. Now, the next point you must write there after the... the how many points do you have on sacrifice? 
for the fifth one is that what you sacrifice to is what you fellowship with. Whatever you sacrifice to, you are fellowshipping with. Amen. Now, Dr. Mills, keep your Bible open. Alright, at that same place, because you're going to have to read it again. Now, Pastor, uh, who is reading in France? Have you found it? Second Chronicles, chapter 33, verse 21. Read it. Alright. Amen. Read the last part again. What's the name of this king? Amon. How do you spell it? A-M-O-N. Amon. Okay. Now, are you there? Now, please, this is, this is the most important part. Give the person next to you a... a, a vibration gives the person some kind of vibration to wake up the person vibrato 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 are you alive stand on your feet quickly because i don't want you to miss this part now look i'm going to preach to you for two minutes whilst you stand everybody please stand as i preach to you i'm still preaching okay now notice careful <laughs> notice this one Please. Ammon was a bad man. Pastor Nia, do why? He sacrificed to other images, not to God. Now the point I'm trying to make is that Satan will stop the sacrifice to God. But that's not the end of it. You still got to sacrifice, but to something else. To something else. I said to something else. Are you there? To something else that will be sacrificed to something else. I'm going to show it to you. You will never forget. I said you will never forget. I said you will never forget. I said you will never forget. Not only does the Antichrist stop you from sacrificing, but he will redirect you to still sacrifice, but to something else. Make the sacrifice to something else. His first stage is to stop you. Why are you going to church so much? Why do you pray so much? Why do you have time so much for that? Why do you make so many sacrifices for this? Stop is not necessary. He'll meet you on the road and talk to you personally and tell you, you are person. You are a hypocrite. You are lying. All these things are because of that. This is the reason why you are doing that. You are a bad person. You have a bad motive. You meet you the way you feel so bad and you feel it's not necessary. It's too much. It's too, it's too much. You're going there too much. Every day. Why do you give all your money to the church? He meets you on the way talk to you personally. I, th- I say, I know Satan. I've seen him twice. I've seen the devil twice. One day I'll tell you about it. I've seen him twice. And he will tell you, stop it. It's not necessary. Why? 
What are you doing? But that's a step after that. Huh. We'll give you something else to sacrifice to. I'm going to show you with the people who work. All the people who don't want to sacrifice to God, they're sacrificing to something else. <laughs> Look, I was talking to a. Listen, listen, careful. I was talking to a, a, a brother and I was telling him, We want to start a church in your country. I said, allow yourself. I told him, you are growing old now. Allow yourself to be used by God. Your days are numbered. Why? And he said, my wife. My wife, she said, my wife saw, he, he's the brother of one of our pastors. He said, my wife saw, when, she, when, they, when they came to Ghana, he said, my wife saw how your brother, my brother, works. He goes out, he comes late, he's working, and she says she, she, she does not think she will like it I said oh so I said what work do you do so I travel a lot I am hardly at home I am hardly at home sacrificing your children and your life and everything and your marriage but for something else for the computers and for the other work careful. Don't do it for God. But when it comes for some other reason, do it now. Sit down now. Do you like to sit down or stand? Standing was good, eh? Stand to your feet, brothers. And the brothers want to stand. Huh? Now the church has been divided into two. Okay, sit down, sit down, sit down. I'll let you stand again. The sisters couldn't stand up anymore. <laughs> now listen. Listen to this point. This is so vital, so important. Somebody said, Bishop, you're always traveling. You're working so hard. Say, are you always traveling to work? Yes. Are you paid by the church? Why are you always traveling? Is it for the church? (laughs) 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 Sacrificing a lot. (laughs) Is it true that you are always traveling? How often do you travel every month? Every day. Every day you are away from your dear beautiful wife. Your dear children. Yes. Every day. <laughs> and when do you come? When do you go and when do you come? I come Wednesday night. Go Thursday morning. Come back Saturday in the afternoon. Go back. Wow. All your life is like that. For the past two years. And she doesn't mind? (laughs) She doesn't mind? Has she agreed to it? It's happening anyway. 
<laughs> Careful. You see that they are sacrificing. You see, people will sacrifice. If people are sacrificing, anybody who is succeeding in life is sacrificing. They, look, they are paying the price for whatever they are doing. Day and night. You work. Where? Johannesburg. Johannesburg. Are you going to Johannesburg often? I stay there. You stay there? So you are away the whole week? Yes, sure. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> and why are you in Johannesburg? For what? For the church? No. In a different city. Where, where have you been all, all along for all this? Pretoria. In Pretoria? You've gone all the way to Johannesburg because of the church work. <laughs> Pardon? No. For what reason? Because I'm working. What are you working for? <laughs> <laughs> what are you working for? For <laughs> You see, we don't want to accept it as real. We are sacrificing so much. Sacrificing so much. <laughs> I sent a pastor to uh, Australia to go and start a church. When he went, his wife was pregnant. I mean, I didn't know his wife was pregnant. He was there. He was in Australia. And, like, he couldn't come back even because, I don't know, so many things. He couldn't come back. He was going to start a church. So, his wife delivered in London, and he was in Australia. Now he called me from Australia and said, Bishop, my wife has had a baby, had a baby, uh, boy or girl or whatever. I said, okay, great, God bless you. So I came to London. When I came to London, I was preaching, I think I was preaching about this. And I said, you see, Pastor, um, what's his name? In, 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 huh? Pastor Peter was sent to Australia. I said, listen, oh, listen, I said, his wife was here in London when he was in Australia. And his wife delivered here. And he wasn't here. And he was in Australia. I said, I don't know. But I know and I am sure that there are people in the church who would have said, who said that why should he be over there? Why did the church send him there? When his wife is having a baby here? Why wasn't he by, by the baby? I said, I don't know. I've not heard about anybody who said it, but I know that some people will say that. And then, people said, oh, they have said it already. <laughs> then recently, I went to America. And there I saw some of my church members. You know, if you have a baby in America, you, you your, your baby is American. But I saw one of my church members. He's gone there to have a baby. I saw her with her pregnancy. I said, wow. So I said, is your husband coming to America for you guys? Oh, no. I said, oh, you are going to be here delivering and your husband will be there. And I was preaching about this same sacrifice. I said, that, and the person was there. I said, you see this? If this person was sent here by the church or sent here to have a baby whilst her husband is somewhere and she is somewhere, you would have heard the people talking. But now that they are sending her to come so that the baby will be American whatever citizen or whatever and so in the future nobody says anything so the sacrifice is made but for something else 
The same thing. The same thing. The same. Why should they? Eh, don't they? Their, their pastor, she's having a baby. Eh, don't they want to have a baby? And eh, why is she away from the baby? Careful. Please, careful. I said, please, careful. I said, please, careful. <laughs> You wouldn't want to have a baby apart from where your husband is. But for another reason, you prepare to do it. So another pastor. And I said, I looked at them. Because I'd sent him somewhere as a missionary. And I was talking to them. And I said, your wife is going to America. He said, yeah, your wife is going to America. And I look at them. You see, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. He shall not judge after the judgment of his eyes. He will not just look at things as if I do see beyond. And I said, from what I perceive, you are going to be a missionary in some country. And your wife will be in America. I feel that some people have been talking to you and telling you, or have made a comment that, you know, you, why is your husband there? Why is the church sending you to that place when your wife will be in America? And I said, is it true? They said, oh yes, some people have said it. And his wife was pregnant. He was going to be there, his wife would be in that country. He would be in that country, his wife would be in America. So I said, people, I said, and I put two and two together. And I said, brother, you know what? Because it's like they're newly married just a few weeks. So how could you separate? I said, brother, I realize that people have made some comments and all that. I don't feel so happy about it. So you know what? Stay with your wife. Go to America with her. In fact, I said, I will now send you to America. It's better. Not that I'll send you, but if you go, I'll send you. You know, there are two ways of sending. You can go then after I'll send you when you've gone. <laughs> so he said, okay. He'll do that. So he went to the American embassy to try and get a visa. Refused. No visa. I did everything I could to get him a visa. I told I have various things I can do. I did. And it didn't work. But he was there. So I saw his wife. I said, Are you going to America? <laughs> yes, Bishop. Won't you stay with your husband? Because he cannot come now. You are newly married. Remember, you are newly married. Remember, the newly married people cannot be separated from missionary work. So why don't you stay in Ghana now instead of you going to America and leaving your husband here? <laughs> I have to go to America to go and work. Oh. So she went. With her pregnancy and everything. She's there. And he's there. That's why nobody will talk about it. To be separated to end dollars and to having have a baby separated away. Why don't you come back and be with your husband if that is so important? But now you are prepared to sacrifice that thing, be separated from your husband just a few weeks after you have been married for more than one year because of dollar and because of whatever else. Now that thing is no more important. But when it came to the church work, then a few weeks they've been married and can the church do something else? And why is the church doing that? And why is the church? And why is the church? And why is the church? It's Satan who is speaking. I said, it's antichrist spirit. Stop the sacrifice. And then he said, okay, but you can do it for this other one. This one we don't mind. Stop this sacrifice, but you can do it for something else. I see it all the time. He will read. But read that scripture you read. Read it. Read it, please. First Corinthians, First Corinthians ten twenty. But I say, 
that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. Listen, the things which people are sacrificing, they are actually sacrificing to devils and not to God. The sacrifices that are being made for money are being made for devils and not for God. And sacrifices are being made. They are being made. They are being made all the time. Look at Kumo, she moved to Johannesburg. Nobody, nobody talks about that because there's rains. Look at her, Pastor Nia Judah and his wife. They've been moved to Zimbabwe out of Ghana. They were living, they were working and working happily and living in Ghana. Suddenly they were called and said, go out, go abroad, stop your children's education, wherever everything is stopping right now. Nobody will complain about that. We will sacrifice but to devils. But God is, I'm, that's why I'm teaching you this thing. Now listen, be careful. Because Satan will tell you, don't give offering. Don't pay money. Don't pray. It's too much time. But then, when it, you say, oh, but this one is okay. Then more time, more work. For things that do not last, it's a strong deception. If I call you, do you, you know you want to go, go away from Pretoria, France? Huh? Um, after, after today, I, I think I will. <laughs> <laughs> but before today, perhaps not. If you talk about it, just like, <laughs> but before, but now, and even if you don't do that, you find that you are doing it for some other reason. So we've got a very, very good job for you. And this is how much you'll be paid, and this and that. Go to the remote place at this place. Ah, Pastor, you know, I have some news for you, and God has blessed me, and I, I have to go. That one is a blessing. God has answered my prayer. That one is a blessing. But when it's a, go here for the sake of the Lord. I have a very, a very good job. I have this. I have that. I have that. I was talking to one pastor. He was talking about coming, being a full-time pastor. And he said, you know, he's sorting out certain things. So he has to put two and two together. Two and two is not difficult to put together. It's four. Two and two is four. <laughs> Some people are always putting two and two together. And he said to me, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. And so I was doing certain programs. I said, fine. Just carry on what you are doing. But I just, I just want to tell you something. That everybody who serves the Lord is in the middle of something. When the Lord calls. There's nobody who is, uh, has finished everything and rounded up everything. <laughs> we've, uh, we've rounded up things. Huh? Yeah. Exactly. The young rich man. He had not rounded up everything. He was in the middle of his project. And God said, my brother and my sister, don't be afraid today. Don't be afraid to sacrifice. It is sacrifice that will make you fruitful. Unless the seed falls into the ground and disintegrates, you will always be just as you are. Everybody who is doing something for God is sacrificing. It's pain. You see Penny? Penny came to Ghana. Yeah. Pay the price to come. Amen. Oh yeah. I respect him for that. I don't have time. Don't have time. But somebody will have time. Don't be surprised if God uses that person. Are you still in the church? Are you annoyed with me? Good. 